Hey, hi, hey, howdy. Hello. Hey, it's um, all welcome to my favorite haunting the podcast. I'm Mel. I'm Ames. It's episode 43. Yes. Wait, yeah, 43. (laughs) This is the thing that I do count in my head after I say it. It's... (laughs) Uh, hi. Hello. Do you have a ghost story? Yes, I do. I do too. I think it's your turn to go first. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no announcements then? I I have nothing. Okay. We'll go right into it. <laughs> okay. So I did the Mizpah Hotel in Tonopah, Nevada. Tonopah. Yes. Tonopah is a mining one of the mining boom town things that happened during that period of time. Oh, is it a ghost town now? Uh, no. Oh. Surprisingly. This one stayed alive. Oh, okay. So some of the history of the building. The building was originally built as either the bank of Tonopah or the first saloon. Or it could have been both because back in those times they, like, the first building was, like, everything. One-stop shop. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, different accounts said different things, so I'm like, whatever. <laughs> it's not there anymore, so it's, it's a hotel now. Um, so one of the notable things when it was a bank was three miners planned to rob the bank, but during the robbery they got into a fight, and one miner shot the other two and left them in the bank vault, which is still in the basement of the hotel today, like, like the shell of it and stuff Mm -hmm. like you can see where the vault was and like the door where people come to get their money there's a restaurant in new york that used to be a bank yeah and you can eat in the vault like the door (laughs) this door is still there cool and they just leave it open and you can eat there's tables in there and stuff yeah (laughs) um so the hotel itself was built in 1907 out of granite And it was the height of luxury at the time with all the best furnishings and things including hot and cold running water and the first electric elevator in Nevada. Oh. And one of the um, more notable residents of the hotel was, uh, her call name was Rose, but her real name was Evelyn Mae Johnson. And she uh, was a prostitute that worked out of the Mizpah, and she kept steady company with um, one particular gambler that possessed a violent temper. Don't they all? <laughs> I feel like those things go together. Uh, when he returned unexpectedly to her room to find her in the company of another customer, he flew into a jealous rage and started to strangle her. Cute. But she got free, only to be caught again in the hallway, um, where he ended up stabbing her. Oh, Jesus. And that's between the current rooms of 502 and 504. And the manager of the hotel says, under the carpet in the hallway, you can still see the blood stains on the wood. Wow. In the wood. Yeah. I'm glad they carpeted it. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, then there's also another notable person that was involved with the hotel. Um, his name was Key Pittman, a Nevada senator, from 1913 to 1940. And he was a frequent guest at the Mizpah. And legend has it that the senator died of a heart attack on the eve of the 1940 election. And his supporters kept his body on ice in a bathtub at the Mizpah until the election was over and his successor could be appointed by them. So, like, they pretended he was still alive. Oh, my God. 
until the results were in. And then they said, oh, he had a heart attack. Like, oh, so he, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he officially won. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You guys can't see my face, but as soon as she said they kept his body out, I my jaw just fucking popped. (laughs) Yeah. Because I knew exactly where you were going with that. And it was like, no, they didn't. Yeah, and he, like, it is fact that he died within the 24-hour period of the election. Yeah, but they just don't know when. The story disputes on yeah. what exactly happened. I mean, politicians are so dirty, that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't overly shock me, like, despite my reaction. <laughs> it was more of, like, a, shut the, f- they did not, like, one of those, like, come yeah. on, but, like, I'm not, like, I absolutely believe that that happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, one of the more interesting stories. Uh, so gaming came to the Mizpah in the 1940s, and the first chips were issued in 1945, and the casino included a roulette wheel, craps table, blackjack, and 80 slot machines. The Mizpah closed its doors in 1999, and then in 2011... Fred and Nancy Klein of Sonoma purchased the hotel, began renovations that returned the historic property to its former glory. The hotel reopened in 2011 with 52 luxury rooms, period appointments, full bar gaming in the lobby, and award-winning dining. And one of the dining rooms is named after the former Tonopah resident, Jack Dempsey, the boxing heavyweight champion of the world from 1919 to 1926. I'm like, I know that name. Where do I know that name from? Boxing. Because I'm a huge boxing fan. (laughs) Spoiler alert, I'm not. (laughs) And they have um, a huge ornate book. At the check-in, where guests are encouraged to write down their experiences. Oh, I love those. <laughs> so um, that's all I could find on the history of the place. So not too much, like, specific dates on things. That's all I could find. Just murder <laughs> and death and... Yeah, several murders. <laughs> so we can move on to the hauntings. Um, so the miners are said to haunt the hotel. I don't know if it's just the two that got killed in the bank or if it's more than that but they say the mine they can see miners hanging around different places and guests have heard coughing and knocking in the hotel's basement and the apparitions have been spotted in the basement as well as other parts of the hotel and there's a greenish blue ghost woman and several men are also seen at the hotel but quickly vanish so i think these are not the miners they're different men but they don't say any specifics about them. And guests report items that mysteriously move, and the elevator whose doors randomly open and close without, like, anyone being in them or Hmm. calling the elevator to the floor. It's an anticipatory elevator. A man's apparition has been seen laughing near the hotel's bathtubs, and it's thought to be Senator Pittman. 
Okay, when you say hotels, bathtubs, I'm picturing a room full of bathtubs. <laughs> I'm assuming and he's in there like laughing. <laughs> I'm assuming it's been more than one. That's why they say yeah. bathtubs, but they didn't specify. I don't. I'm just picturing like I'm away on vacation. I'm staying at this hotel casino, and it's so nice. I'm gonna have a bubble bath and relax with like this glass of champagne. And oh my god, there's a guy standing over me laughing. <laughs> And I'm naked in the tub. Like, that's not okay. That's kind of funny, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, guests have reported hearing or seeing children, one boy and one girl, uh, running through the halls and laughing on the fourth floor when there is not any children staying on that floor. According to hotel staff, the kids enjoyed their time at the hotel so much that they decided to stay. The two have been known to play tricks on the guests, tugging at the backs of shirts and unexplained giggling. And they occasionally ask the staff what they are doing. <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> what you doing now? What you doing that for? Yeah, something. What's that do? Um, then there's the red lady, or lady in red, either lady way. Lady in red. Sorry. <laughs> and it's thought to be Rose, the prostitute. Uh, her spirit... Makes huh? Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, her spirit is said to haunt her room, which is now 504, various other rooms, and the fifth floor hallway. Reports of arms being rubbed or someone laying next to them are uh, often reported in their beds. She is known to touch men's hair or brush against them. Her perfume lingers in the halls, and sometimes her ghost is seen talking to a miner's ghost. She is often reported to ride the elevator, especially with men who are alone in the elevator. Some guests have also reported hearing her whisper softly in their ear, saying, Hey, you. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, She is said to leave behind the pearls that tend to mysteriously turn up around the hotel. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so now we have some personal experiences I came across. When we stayed in the wagon wheel or wagon bedroom, we were taking photos of various angles of the room. In one of them, you can see a streak-like apparition with the profile of a face. On our next visit, we tried many times to get it to happen by waving our hands, curtain, etc., And could not do it. Another one is, My husband and I recently stayed on the second floor, room 207. The floor itself felt very heavy when we stepped off the elevator and, in fact, uncomfortable. We didn't have anything happen while awake. However, we did not sleep well. We compared notes on our dreams and nightmares and found that both had close to, and in fact, one actually was the same dream. I can't find anything written about a bellman in the hotel, but he and a very angry woman in period clothing seemed to frequent both our dreams the whole night. My husband also had a woman whisper, hey you, in his ear while in the lobby bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Hey you. (laughs) Uh, Another one is again in the wagon wheel room. My husband was sitting in a chair while I'd gone down to get ice, and he was tapped on the shoulder three times. The next one, um, they stayed in room 510. The closet door opened by itself, and a dresser drawer opened about eight inches. I pushed it closed, and it slid open again. 
And that's all they wrote. <laughs> uh, so the last personal experience I have uh, says, Incredible hotel in town. Definitely worth checking out for both haunted and historical findings. I, my husband, and a friend have been there two times and stayed in the Mizpah Hotel and even did an investigation with a spirit box in the hallway of the fifth floor. And we have some female voices that were intelligent responding to us. Our friend was touched on his legs, feet, and back all throughout the night, and while we were speaking to one of the caretakers the next morning, there was a door in the background continuously opening and closing all by itself. We checked, and there was nothing that should have been causing it. The elevator seemed to have a mind of its own and came to our floor, opened and then closed, and goes on its way, and the staircase going down to the main floor has a bit of a scary feel to it as well, like you are being watched and even chased sometimes. The food is so good in their restaurant, and people in the town are very friendly and warm. I highly recommend visiting and staying a couple of nights. <laughs> I'd like to visit and stay a couple of nights in room 504. Well, I don't know how much of a reaction or uh, experience you'd get because she seems to like men a lot. I'd have to bring a man, I guess. Yeah. So much for, I don't need no man. <laughs> you need a man to get a spirit. I guess to come. we could rent one for the night and have him sit in there and <laughs> measure things. I don't know. <laughs> So that was all for the Mizpah. The Mizpah. Where have I heard that word before? I keep thinking of like, rock the Casbah, rock <laughs> the Casbah. But it's not that, but it might think of like a bar, a bar mitzvah. Is that what I'm thinking Maybe. of? Because it sounds kind of, I don't know. How far from Vegas is that? Did you happen to see? Um, No, I didn't. Is it called T- Topeka? No, it wasn't Topeka. <laughs> T- Tonopah? Tonapa? T- Tone. T O N O O P A H. Yes. Yes. Good job. <laughs> it's like kind of in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yes, it is. I just don't know how far away from everything that middle of nowhere is. It's like a three, just over a three-hour drive from Vegas. Hmm. So, if anyone's headed to Vegas and wants <laughs> to make a little side trip and spend the night out, I've actually been wanting to go back to Vegas for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. And um, I was thinking that might happen in the spring or the fall. I might go out there for a couple of days. So maybe I'll uh, Check it out. stop over, take a trip up there. That's crazy. The bloods, they had they didn't replace the floor. The bloodstains are I from her. Not. That's crazy. I mean, I wonder if that contributes i mean if you watch supernatural that's absolutely the part of the reason she's still there yeah <laughs> you gotta salt and burn that shit you gotta cut out that wood floor and and blaze it <laughs> yeah i guess they thought it's working fine we're gonna leave it there yeah yeah sure I don't know. I guess she's not threatening to anyone, so why get rid of her? She, well, she she's she sounds very friendly. Yeah. Hey, you. <laughs> what you doing? Oh no, that's the kids. Yes. <laughs> what you doing? Why? Why? What was that from? Tiny Tunes? Why? Okay, I love you. Bye bye. <laughs> was it Tiny Tunes? I think so. It sounds familiar. Why? Why? Oh, Animaniacs. Oh, yeah. It was one of their skits. I mean, you know, those 90 cartoons, they all blend. 
Anyway, before I get an email about going off topic, uh, I went to Indianapolis, Indiana, to a place called the Athenaeum, Athenaeum, kind of, something like that. There's a lot of vowels, (laughs) and it's like no matter how many times I hear it, I can't make my mouth. (laughs) I think think I'm pretty close, though. Athenaeum. It's pretty interesting. That was not its original name. It was called. It was originally called the Das Deutsch House, and mm-hmm. it was built in 1894 and then expanded. Um, they added another wing in 1898, and it was brought about by the German American Communities Gymnastics Club. Hmm. Okay. Um, because traditionally in Europe, they in Germany they would have these. The, you know, like the Y, the YMCA, mm, yeah. right? I guess it's kind of like that, right? Okay. It's like a place to um, to do, like, community stuff and, like, encourage, like, the arts mm-hmm. and, um, like, learning. So, like, they would offer classes, uh, okay. physical fitness. So, gymnastics club, so. <laughs> uh, so, the building included classrooms, gyms, dining halls, beer halls. And it originally had a bowling alley in the basement, um, and it also, I, I'm going to probably touch this again cause I wrote it further down, but it has the oldest restaurant in Indianapolis, the Rathskeller and that restaurant's still functioning. You can still go eat there. Cool. Um, food's supposed to be pretty good. Uh, so it was originally called the Das Deutsch House, but then the 19 teens came along in world war one and German being German wasn't quite so great. Yeah. So for public opinion, they changed the name of it. Fun side note, my cousin, okay, how does this work? It's like my second cousin or or third cousin or something like that was working at, uh, I think, U of R. And then my cousin was there mm-hmm. and they were like, the older one was working like in the library and then the okay. younger one was there for something and they were going through like old stuff and she goes, the older one, she's like, oh, check this out. This is our, like, or your, because it was our, like, great-grandfather or great-great-grandfather or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was an old newspaper article about it had been ruled a suicide by stabbing himself, like, 57 times or something like that, like, on the oh. street corner. <laughs> but it was, like, the night, it was, like, during World War One when uh-huh. people, you know, Germans were bad. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, in both World Wars, Germany was not so great. But, uh, you know, like, here in the States, people would attack, like, the German-Americans if they knew you were German. So mm-hmm. it's, like, but that's what the climate was. Like, just to give everyone an idea of, like, what the social climate was like for yeah. German-Americans because we were the en- – I say we because – I'm German, but we were the enemy. So um, somebody walked up and and stabbed him. Like it it was a ridiculous number of times. I don't remember the exact number, but it was definitely double digits. And I'm pretty sure it was like the 40s or the 50s. Like it was really high and they ruled it a suicide. I swear. Which actually there's um, kind of a similar – it's not a stabbing, but it's kind of a similar thing. Like, it's clearly a murder. They try to rule it a suicide because um, – wow. But so, yeah, so for public opinion, they changed the name to the Athenaeum to get away from the German, like, stigma. Mm-hmm. But it lasted through both World Wars One and Two, 
and restoration of it began in the 1990s to return it to its original glory and German Renaissance influence is apparent in everywhere, like in the structure and mm-hmm. the, de, um, the designs and all of that. And then the original theater space is still present inside. It's been rehabbed and it currently houses the American Cabaret Theater and the original Rathskeller restaurant is still there, the oldest restaurant in the city. I kind of did this a little bit out of order. So I'm going to go because this is still kind of historic. So there's one death that's really related to the building, and that's Dr. Helene Kenobi, which it looks like it's spelled like Nabe, but there's a K. And then so because Ghost Hunters was here last Mm -hmm. year and they were saying Kenobi. So that's the pronunciation I'm going with. Um, But she was a she was born in Germany Mm -hmm. and she was in 1911, she was a very prominent doctor. She was, um, like, ahead of or, like, the leading, like, research in the early studies of rabies. Mm. Um, she taught health classes at the Athenaeum. She was super smart, and she, you know, like, it's 1911, so women didn't yeah. do those things, and it was frowned upon. So she already was, you know, making enemies, and then yeah. she's German on top of that. So... On October 24th, 1911, um, a lab assistant went to her apartment, which was two blocks away from the, the Athenaeum, mm-hmm. and uh, found her. It was – so, I mean, I don't know, trigger warning. If you get squeamish, skip ahead maybe like a minute or so. She was on her bed. Her nightgown was pushed all the way up to her shoulders. Her throat had been slit twice so deep that it hit the spinal column. And her head was nearly severed from her body. Uh, the And there was no blood on her hands at all. Mm-hmm. Her hands were the only things that were completely bare of blood. And then the bed linens were all soaked in blood, but they had been neatly folded next to her. And they tried to say that this was a suicide. Ugh. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Technically, it's still unsolved. Two years later... Her supposed lover, another doctor, William B. Craig, was charged. His trial lasted nine days, and then it was cut short because, the, like, it didn't – he didn't have a full trial. It was just nine days in. The judge decided that there wasn't enough evidence to continue and just, like, called it off. Okay. And, and just, like, dropped the charges. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, of course, like, she's a woman in 1911. So, like, they're – everyone's saying, like, she basically that she's gay. Mm-hmm. And she's very mannish and um, – or not mannish isn't the word they used, like masculine because she's yeah. doing like man's work. Mm-hmm. So something must be wrong with her. And they were trying to say um, she killed herself because she couldn't uh, – she couldn't come to like terms with her sexuality. They were trying to say that um, she had money problems, which like none of these things were true. Mm-hmm. So, and then when she was buried, she was in an unmarked grave for a long time. Like mm-hmm. it took like decades until somebody like put a marker. I think it was like in the seventies or something. Wow. So she had a really strong connection to the Athenaeum, and she yeah. lived right nearby and was murdered right nearby. So there's a few claims. For the building, like, she's obviously going to be one of them. There's another, according to IndieStar.com, a jovial character, that's a direct quote, 
known as Jolly Verner. <laughs> used to spend a lot of time there. One night, had too much to drink, fell into the fireplace, and died. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I. It's not funny. He died. No, but, but it's kind of. It kind of is because he got drunk and fell into the fireplace. Yeah. Who does that? How does that happen? So he's one of the ones that that people think that they see and they think that he uh, plays with them. Like after closing, they'll go around and turn off all the lights and then lock the the rooms upstairs, like the Mm -hmm. offices and stuff. And then when they come back through, maybe like 15 minutes or so later, the lights inside the rooms that are all locked up are all turned on again. Nice. So I guess they think that that might be a jovial Jolly Verner. (laughs) Playing around with them. There was a Christmas party one year. An employee's little girl ran to her parents crying, saying the man in the corner of the ballroom had scared her. But there was nobody in the corner. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you have, like, the employees report hearing footsteps. They see things. A lot of stuff happens upstairs after everything's closed up for the night. Um, Things like objects will move around by themselves. The alarm goes off when, like, nobody's there to have set it off. Um... I will I will just point out rodents. Yeah. I'm not saying that they have rodents, but they can set them off. They can set motion detectors <laughs> off. There's another one, a really popular one is a, the ghost couple. Mm. So they'll come and they'll dance on stage. Oh wow. Apparently they look so real that staff sees them after hours and they'll call out to them like, "No, we're closed, you have to go." <laughs> Hello, you need to leave. Hello, we're closed. And like as they approach, they just disappear. <laughs> Apparently, that's really common. Wow. Um, when Ghost Hunters went last year, the new Ghost Hunters, so it's like Grant and his new team. So okay. sorry, I don't know all their names. <laughs> they came. The episode aired, I think, in this past fall. But um, mm-hmm. so they were there probably six months to a year before that. They. When they interviewed the manager, he claimed – so he was new on the job, and mm-hmm. apparently he, he's, like, so excited to get this job because he's always loved the place, and, like, he's spent a lot of time there. So then he applied and got the job, and then he's, like, working there, and he's like, oh, it's scary. <laughs> so he, he's like, there's something wrong with this place. Um, so – but one of the claims he had was that up in the attic – they call it grandma's attic mm-hmm. – um, that he and, like – all of the staff, like, whenever anybody goes up there, they just, like, are extremely uncomfortable. And, you know, it's like my first thought was, and, and theirs as well, because that was the first thing they tried to eliminate was EMF. Because yeah. attics and basements, if there's, like, electrical boxes and exposed wiring, if it's giving off a lot of EMF, that can cause so many side effects, like, um, just, like just that general feeling yeah. of unease migraines, nausea, paranoia with like long-term exposure, it can make you really, really sick. So um, that was their first thing. And, oh, I did write down their names, Mustafa and Brandon. They went up to do, to eliminate the EMF Mm -hmm. and then try to do like an EVP session. So their EMF baseline was like nothing. Mm -hmm. There's no EMF up there. So they disqualified that. And then they started with their EVP session And they were asking control questions, meaning like they're yes or no questions and they're not – like it's not really like they don't start out specific really. And it'll be like – well, one of the things they said was like, are are you a woman? Mm -hmm. And then it would like go off and then they'd be like, okay, just to be clear, you're female and it would go off. And then they'd say, are you a male? 
and okay. it wouldn't go off. So like that kind of thing okay. where it's like kind of like the same question, like th- two or three different ways to see if the responses are consistent okay. and it's not just like a random, like it's just going off. So that was one of the questions that they did, but they were getting like consistent hits on like everything. Like they asked, like, did you used to work here? And it went, it went off, you know, is, is there a teacher here? And it went off cause mm-hmm. she taught classes and, the, but they didn't want to, and then it was, I think it was Mustafa was the one who was like, started getting like really nervous about it. Cause he's like, this woman was brutally murdered. Like, I don't want to like come out and ask like, were you brutally murdered? Mm-hmm. Were you nearly decapitated? So, uh, he got like all like concerned and like, how do we do this? How do we ask without asking? Like, I don't want to so they were asking like kind of questions around it to mm-hmm. try, you know, like, are you, were you a teacher? Were you this? Were you that? Um, and so they were there for two nights, I guess. So the second night, it's funny because they were going on and on the whole time, like with the promos and stuff. Like, we tried this new technique. We've never done this in an investigation before. And they're making it sound like this whole big thing. He just, he, Grant brought in a, a string quartet. Yeah. To the, which is cool, but like, mm-hmm. it basically is a trigger object. Yeah. Um. So not really unhurt, like elaborate. Not yeah. super unheard of, but yeah, they, he brought in a string quartet, which was kind of cool, um, and had them playing on stage trying to get like – because like back in the day, mm-hmm. in the 19 – early 1900s, 1910s, they have yeah. like string – like live music like that for like especially like the dancing and stuff. I think they were trying to get the dancing couple to come out. Yeah. And they ended up – so they're playing and Grant's watching up like in the balcony and then – He's looking up, and then I forget who the other. I want to say it was like Brandon, but I don't know everybody's name, so mm-hmm. I'm not sure who it was. But him and somebody else at the same time both saw like a figure standing next to the office up okay. up above the balcony, and this, and then neither of them said anything at first until it moved, and no. then they both were like, "Oh my god!" And Grant goes running, and the other guy comes running. Like, Did you see that? I saw a figure was standing right there. They were all like, you know, excited and everything. <laughs> but yeah, so they saw a figure, and then it moved, and then they were trying to like chase it down, and then Grant's like with the recorder and everything, and he's like, "I'm sorry, I'm not here to hurt you. You're not in trouble. You didn't do anything <laughs> wrong. We're just really excited to see." You. <laughs> It was really cute. Um, so they tried to, of course, they first tried to rule out that it's a person. Mm-hmm. So they, like, they have all the the roots to go that if it was a person where they would have gone yeah. to, like, come down. So, like, there was, like, two different stairways or and, like, a hallway and everything. And um, there was no, like, they blocked it. Like, there was nowhere that a person could have gone. So mm-hmm. it's like they came up from two different directions and they would have if it was a person, they would have blocked them in okay. and there was just nobody like it was gone. So they start doing the EVP again with the EMF. And this time they, they started asking some of the same control questions. And then, uh, this time they did ask, are, are you Dr. Kanabe? Mm-hmm. And it went off. Wow. So, <laughs> so that's like super exciting. But that's about it for that one. Mm-hmm exciting night um they do offer overnight ghost hunts periodically through the year i think the next one's february it's sold out already but the Mm -hmm. next available one is may 2nd and it's like 50 bucks and it's obviously it's a public hunt yeah so and they do it it's like a they use it as like a fundraiser 
okay. for um, to go towards like the restoration and and everything for the building. So cool. and the building is beautiful. If you look up pictures of it, it's almost like a. I mean, it's like it's, it says German Renaissance style, but it almost looks kind of castle-y. Mm. Not cool. quite, but almost kind of like there's like I don't know. It's hard to describe. It's mm-hmm. really pretty. So it's the Athenaeum. I keep wanting to say because it almost looks like anthem. Mm, yeah. So that's why I keep stumbling over it. I keep wanting to say the anthem. Meet the Anthemian. The anthem. <laughs> yeah. Athenaeum. Das Deutschhaus. Cool. Yeah. Fun times. Tales of murder. <laughs> Bloody gruesome murders. Um, oh, the other fun thing, if um, you're able to watch that episode of Ghost Hunters, is that because we've talked about like the gray ladies and the white ladies and, mm-hmm. and how there's theories about like different things have happened to them and that's yeah. why they become those colors. So they, Dr. Kanabe, is, they were saying she's like a gray lady okay. and they were getting into the whole like the reasoning behind it and everything. And it's like if you're, if a woman is killed by a lover, she turns into a gray lady. Okay. So, and then that goes into her supposed lover was put on trial. And, yeah. And then he's like, no, we didn't have a relationship. And are you sure, though? I don't know. Now I'm done. I promise that's it. <laughs> Episode 43 in the can. If you liked us, rate, review, subscribe. If you didn't like us, go fuck yourself. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> just don't listen to us again. Um, yes. And and thanks, thanks for giving us a shot. Um, Otherwise, we have our Facebook group, my favorite haunted group, home of the paranormies. Instagram and Twitter is my fave haunting. And that's about it. Yeah. Thanks for potting with us. <laughs>